ಯೋಗ ಪ್ರೋಕ್ತ ಪುರಾತನ ಭಕ್ತೋಸಿ ಮೇ ಸಖಾಚೇತಿ ರಹಸ್ಯಾಮ್ಹೇತೂತಮ that very ancient science of the relationship with the supreme is today told by me to you because you are my devotee as well as my friend therefore you can understand the transcendental mystery of this science there are two classes of men purport by his divine grace ಎಸಿ ಭಕ್ತಿವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ ದರ್ ಆರ್ ಟೂ ಕ್ಲಾಸಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಮ್ಯಾನ್ ನೇಮ್ಲಿ ದಿ ಸೂರ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದಿ ಆಸೂರ ದಿ ಲೋರ್ಡ್ ಸೆಲೆಕ್ಟೆಡ್ ಆರ್ ಜೂನ ಆಸ್ ದಿ ರಿಸಿಪಿಯಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿಸ್ ಗ್ರೇಟ್ ಸೈನ್ಸ್ ಓಯಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಹಿಸ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ ದ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ಆಫ್ ದ ಲೋರ್ಡ್ ಬಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ದಿ ಆಸೂರ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಪಾಸಿಬಲ್ ಟು ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ದಿಸ್ ಗ್ರೇಟ್ ಮಿಸ್ಟೀರಿಯಸ್ ಸೈನ್ಸ್ there are a number of editions of this great book of knowledge but commentation by the devotees is real whereas that by the non devotees is useless arjuna accepts shri krishna as the personality of godhead in any commentary on the gita following in the footsteps of arjuna his real devotional service to the cause of this great science one should try to follow the disciplic succession from arjuna and thus be benefited bhaktosi me shakachesi dahasyam hetat uttamam that very ancient science of the relationship with the supreme is today told by me to you because you are my devotee as well as my friend therefore you can understand the transcendental mystery of this science hmm. here bhagavan shri krishna is describing this science of bhagavata dharma to be a great mystery indeed it is a great science in fact people in this world they are most unfortunate if they consider religion to be something unscientific in fact there are many varieties of material sciences there is the krishna explains in the gita bhumir aponalo vayu kamano budar evacha ahankara itiyame bhina prakritirashtata he describes that there are eight basic material elements five gross elements earth water fire air and ether and the study of these five gross elements goes by the names of chemistry biology physics and so forth and the three subtle elements mind intelligence and ego 
the material sciences of understanding this level of existence goes by the name of psychology, psychiatry. It's considered science. These sciences should not be rejected, but they are incomplete, according to Sri Krishna, as he describes in the next verse. Aparayami tashtvanyam prakritim but besides these five gross and three subtle material elements, there is another nature which is eternal, which is spiritual, which is the source of all life and animation. It is the Atma, the soul. To understand the eternal nature of the soul, and its eternal relationship with the Supreme Soul, Paramatma. That is the highest, most inclusive, and most important of all sciences. But Krishna is explaining in this verse that this science of the soul is very much different than the material sciences. Because through material science, through your sense perception and your mental comprehension, you can observe the truth, the relative truths of the five gross and three subtle elements. But to try to approach the supreme spiritual science in this way is doomed to failure. Because the comprehension of the absolute truth is beyond the capacity of the five gross and three subtle elements of material nature. Our senses are gross material elements. And our mind, intelligence, and ego are subtle material elements. And that which is material has no access into what is beyond the realm of material existence. The soul is transcendental. And God, the supreme controller, is supremely transcendental. Therefore, Krishna explains that this science, uh, it is very ancient. It is the science of the soul's relationship with God. And because you are my devotee, Arjuna, you can enter into the great mystery of Bhagavad Dharma. This is the singular qualification, accepting the position of God's devotee. There is the ascending process through our capacity to try to reach higher and higher heights of realization. But in the school of bhakti, which Krishna stresses, advocates throughout the Gita. The school of bhakti is altogether different. It is a descending process. It is a process according to our capacity to simply not to attain God, but to please God. There is a great difference. One is an expression of love, and one is not. To work according to our mental and physical capacity to attain God 
is not love. It's a struggle. But to work for your complete capacity, with all your intelligence, all your mind, all your physical capabilities, to please God, that is love. That is affection. And when Krishna, who is within the heart of every living being, Ishwara Sarva Bhutanam who is the witness from within and without of our every word, our every thought, and our every deed. When Krishna sees that we are honestly and sincerely, with a desire for great affection, trying to please him, trying to serve him, yasya prasada bhagavat prasado yasya prasada nagati kutopi. How to please Krishna? With our present mind and senses, we cannot perceive him. So how do we please someone that is invisible to us? Therefore it is said, yasya prasada bhagavat prasado yasya prasada nagati kutopi. Krishna is so merciful, he is so kind, that he is appearing in this world in so many wonderful ways that we can perceive him. When he incarnates as the Archamurti, the beautiful deity in the temple, we can see him. But seeing him is not enough. We must know what he wants. And therefore, Krishna explains, Acharyamam Vijaniyam, that Krishna appears in this world to teach us through the true, pure-hearted sadhus, the guru. When guru speaks, he does not speak his own opinion, his own idea, his own philosophy. Like a messenger, like a postman, he simply delivers the message of Krishna. Krishna within our heart, who we cannot perceive, is speaking to us through our ears, through the scripture, through the guru, and through the shastra, and through the sadhu. It is through guru, sadhu, shastra that Krishna's desire is revealed to us. And when we serve that instruction with submissiveness, Krishna says in Gita, Tadvidi pranipatena pariprashnena sevaya upatekshandite jnanam if you want to know the truth, approach Guru. He is my representative. He is worshipping me with love. How to approach? Pariprasvena Sevaya. You must inquire submissively, with open ears, open mind, open heart, and serve that instruction. That is bhakti. And when we please Krishna in this way, he descends into our life. The invisible becomes visible. The unknowable becomes knowable by his own inconceivable potency. Some people lodge the argument that if the senses are limited, in order for them if the senses and mind are limited, 
in order for them to perceive God, who is unlimited, they must become unlimited. Which means, in other words, that you become God. But according to the Shastra, this is not the correct understanding. The senses and mind are limited, that is true. But for the unlimited, to be unlimited, the unlimited could do anything. That's what it means to be unlimited. There's nothing you cannot do. He could reveal himself to the limited. Therefore, Krishna says, only by becoming my humble, submissive devotee, my bhakta, can one understand me as I am. Only by un only Krishna says, by undivided devotion am I understood as I am. So this simple affection is factually more important than all of the very, very complex rules, regulations, and rituals of the Vedas. After all, you know the story in Vrindavan of the Brahmins. They were very um, well-versed in the Shastras, and they were masters at performing ritualistic ceremonies. And their wives, they had no philosophy, really, as far as being able to show their prowess in argumentation and shloka quoting. And they didn't know any rituals, but they had one qualification. They had affection for Krishna. So Krishna rejected the Brahmins and revealed himself to them. That affection is the conclusion of all slokas. It is the conclusion of all Veda. So therefore, we must know that all the slokas of the Vedas, all the rituals and all of the yagyas, are all meant simply to regulate our life for the purpose of awakening that natural affection for God. Because only by that affection does God reveal Himself. There's a nice story of how the Lord reciprocates with his devotees' love. And how the Lord is more concerned with that love than all sorts of formal etiquette. The spiritual master of Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the foremost great disciple of Sri Madhavendra Puri. His name was Ishwara Puri. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted initiation from him. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu worshipped him with such devotion and love. Although Mahaprabhu is the avatar of Sri Krishna, he wanted to show the nature of his love for his devotee. And it is described when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to the birthplace of Ishwara Puri, after his Gurudev had already left this world, he began weeping tears of love. And he began, not only did he put his head 
in that dirt of that birthplace, but he ate the dirt. And he took a little pouch of that dirt and every day he would eat some of it, crying tears of love, remembering the love of his Guru Maharaj. In this way, he showed us how a disciple should respect, adore, and love his spiritual master with a heart full of gratitude for revealing Krishna. So Ishwara Puri had two personal servants. One was named Govinda, and the other's name was Kashishwara Pandit. When Ishwara Puri was in his last days, just before disappearing from this world, his beloved disciples, Govinda and Kashishwar, he told them that very soon I will depart from this earthly lila of mine. At that time, you should become the personal servants of my disciple, but who is also my worshipable Lord, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He told Kashishwar Pandit that you should first go to all the holy places throughout Bharat Varsha, and then you should take shelter of the service of Lord Goranga. And Govinda, he said, you should immediately go and take up his personal service. So, when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was traveling through South India, when he returned, Govinda approached him. And he said, he paid his humble obeisances to Lord Chaitanya, and he said, Ishwara Puri, our Guru Maharaj, he has instructed me huh, to become your personal servant and dedicate my life to serving your every need and want. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, upon hearing these words, his heart was overflowing with love. He turned to Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, who was the greatest scholar and the greatest Brahmin in all of India, who had just accepted pure devotional service at the feet of the Lord. And Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, he was confused. He turned to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he said, how is this possible? This man, Govinda, he is from the caste of Sudras. He was born in a Sudra family. And Ishwara Puri was a great Brahmin. He was a spiritual master. He's your spiritual master. Why did he accept a Sudra for a servant? Do you not know it is against the principles of the Vedas for a Brahmin guru to accept and a disciple in the Sudra class? And it is also against the principles for a Brahmin guru to accept service from a sudra. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he replied, very amused by Sarvabhoma's remark, that try to understand that Krishna is manifesting his will in this world through the spiritual master. And Krishna is not bound by these rules and regulations. He is only bound by affection. 
Mother Yashoda was the wife of a Vaishya. But she was able to bind Krishna with ropes. Krishna only considers the affection. He does not consider the physical formalities of one's position in society. If he did, why was it that when Lord Sri Krishna visited Hastinapur, who did he take his lunch with? Not the Brahmins, not the Kshatriyas, with Vidura. He would every day take his prasad at the house of Vidura. Food cooked by him. Although he was classified by all to be a sudra by birth. Why? What was Vidura's qualification? Bhakti, love, affection. Therefore, because Govinda had such love and devotion to my Guru Maharaj Ishwara Puri, when he was initiated, my Guru Maharaj, by his causeless mercy, made him a pure Vaishnava. He made him better than all Brahmins. This is love. This is Guru Kripa. Guru Kripa is the way to approach God, not through any um, um, janama, by any birth, by performance of any ritual. You can never approach God through this process. It's only by the mercy of Guru and Krishna. The rituals are important, but what are the purpose of the rituals? Simply to please Krishna and to get the mercy of Guru and Krishna. Outside of that motivation, all other rituals are simply karmakanda. They're materialistic. At the most, they're piety. They cannot bring realization of God. So Govinda, he began to ah, serve the Lord. He was his constant companion. There is one beautiful incident which also shows the nature of a devotee's love. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, ah, he was dancing in the Jagan Mohan, the area in front of Lord Jagannath in Puri Dham. And he was dancing and dancing and all various ecstatic symptoms were manifesting in his body. Tears were flowing from his eyes, blood was coming from his pores, his limbs were becoming disjointed, his hairs were standing on end, foam was coming out of his mouth. Anybody who tries to imitate these symptoms is a great cheater. This is Mahabhav. These symptoms of ecstasy can only be manifested by God himself. No one else. So as he was manifesting these supreme symptoms of transcendental love, the devotees, they were chanting and chanting and dancing and dancing. And hours were going by. And the Lord Nityananda was trying, he was also very happy, but he saw that the devotees, how long could they go on? Mahaprabhu can go on eternally, but the rest of us, was, my, my dear Lord, please. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu just was in trance. And finally, when he saw that the devotees were becoming very tired, out of sympathy for them, he entered the kirtan. And then he went to bathe in the ocean. And after bathing in the ocean, he went to his, his personal quarters, which is called the Gambhira, in the home of Shri Kashi Mishra, 
Ah. And it was the regular service of Govinda that after the beautiful kirtan performance of Lord Gaurav Sundar, he would massage him to give him uh, relief from all of his dancing pastimes. So on this day, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, instead of laying inside his room, he laid across the door of the room, and his legs were in the inside. So Govinda, he said, my lord, please, I very humbly request you, can you just move slightly, because I do not want to step over your transcendental form. Just move over slightly so I can get in the room to massage your legs. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he said, ah, I am too tired, I cannot move. And Govinda, he said, he knew that the Lord, it was his, for his pleasure, he had to massage him somehow or other, his lotus feet and his legs. My Lord, please, please, just little few inches move, I will creep by you. Ah, I cannot move, I am too tired, I have been dancing all day. So again, Govinda requested, my Lord, please, I want to massage your lotus feet, I want to massage your legs, kindly move slightly. He said, I cannot move. And he said, why don't you walk over me? And Govinda said, how can I walk over you? That would be a great offense. And then Lord Chaitanya said, do whatever you like. Whatever your heart tells you to do, do it. And then the Lord fell asleep, transcendental sleep. So upon seeing the Lord resting in this way, Govinda very carefully took the upper portion of the Lord's cloth and placed it over the Lord's body. And then very carefully he stepped over the body of Lord Chaitanya and went into the room and began to massage his feet and his legs very carefully to give pleasure to the Lord. And about 45 minutes later, Sri Goranga arose from his sleep and he saw Govinda sitting next to him, still massaging his feet. He said, what are you doing? Why are you still here? Because you see, it was Govinda's, uh, it was his regulation that after Lord Chaitanya would bathe in the sea, he would take prasad. Then he would lay in the room, Govinda would massage his feet, and then Govinda would, after Mahaprabhu would fall asleep, he would go and take the remnants of the Lord's prasad. He said, why have you not taken prasad? It has been so long, why have you not eaten? Govinda said, how could I, how could I do like this? He said, in order to get my prasad, I would have to walk over you. And Lord Chaitanya said, well, you walked over me to come in. Why couldn't you walk over me to go out? And Govinda remained completely silent. But the Lord heard what he was thinking in his mind, and he was very pleased. In his mind, he was thinking, my Lord, to serve you, to give you pleasure, I am willing to commit hundreds of millions of the greatest offenses. If it pleases you, if I can serve you, I'm willing to go to hell for the rest of eternity. 
but for my own sense gratification, for my own self-interest. I am scared to death to even commit the slightest glimpse of something representing an offense. This was the love of Govinda. And how much this love pleased the Lord. This was his qualification for being the intimate associate of the Lord. And sometime later, that other great disciple of Ishwara Puri, Kashishwar Pandit, he came to Jagannath Puri after traveling to various holy places. And he was given the personal service of being Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's bodyguard. What does that mean? That means that whenever Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would go into the Jagannath Puri temple, there were always so many hundreds, sometimes thousands of people, and everyone wanted to touch him and be like that. So Govinda, he would clear the way for the Lord so no one would disturb him. He would always walk in front of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was very big and strong. Whatever you have, use it in Krishna's service. If you're big and strong, be big and strong for Krishna. If you're skinny and weak, be skinny and weak for Krishna. Krishna doesn't care. Patram pushpam palam toyam yome bhakta prayachati. Whatever you have, just use it for me, Krishna says. Offer it with devotion. So Kashishwar Pandit, he would clear the way, push everybody out of the way. Mahaprabhu is coming, Haribo. He would do it with great respect, but also very efficiently. He would never offend people, but he was very efficient. And also, he was always in charge, after the kirtans, he was in charge of distributing prasad, taking care of serving all the Vaishnavas. So he always had this very, very deep love for the personal service of the Lord. But it is described that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent Srila Rupa Goswami and Srila Sanatan Goswami to Vrindavan. And Srila Rupa Goswami This young boy appeared to him, beautiful cowherd boy, and took, took him to this one hill in Vrindavan called Gomatil. And there, Rupa Goswami was shown the most wondrous sight, that there was this beautiful, beautiful cow. And every day, it would stand on the top of this hill and all its milk would come out of the udder and go into the ground. And Rupa Goswami would go there, he would chant the holy names of the Lord and each and every day this cow would come and do like this. He looked under the earth where that cow was bringing its milk every day and there he found the beautiful deity of Govinda Dev. Jaya Radha Govinda Radha Govinda Radhe Rupko Swami Prandana Hai Jaya Radha Govinda Radha Govinda Radhe 
So upon finding the beautiful Murti of Govinda, he installed the Murti exactly in the place where he had found him. And one of the disciples of Srila Raghunath Bhatt Goswami, who was a great general under the king, his name was Maharaj um, Man Singh, He constructed a beautiful temple for Govindaji. So Rupa Goswami explained this wonderful mercy of the Lord in a message and sent it to Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Jagannath Puri. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so happy. Ah, this Govindaji was originally installed by Vajranab, the great grandson of Lord Sri Krishna, 5,000 years ago one of the most famous Murtis of Vrindavan, who had been unmanifest for so many thousands of years, had manifested himself to Rupa Goswami. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so happy. He was in transcendental ecstasy that the Lord was showing such mercy to his devotee. He was thinking the best servant should go to assist Rupa Goswami with serving Radha Govindaji. So he told Kashishwar Pandit, that you should go to Vrindavan and you should assist Srila Rupa Goswami in his ah, devotion to Radha Govinda. And Kashishwar Pandit was always very, very anxious to fulfill any order of the Lord. But in his heart, he was feeling great, great bereavement. Day and night, he was rendering personal service to Lord Goranga. How will I live without that service? His heart, his mind were in great turmoil. He wanted to follow the instruction, but he could not live in separation from the Lord. So very humbly and submissively, he revealed his mind. He said, my Lord, of course, I want to please you and serve you, but it's worse than death even to think about being without you. So Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is the Paramatma within the heart of every living being, could understand the deep, deep love of Kashishwar Pandit. So what he did is he gave Kashishwar Pandit a small murti of himself. He said, you take this murti with you wherever you go. You place it on the left side of Radha Govindaji. And when you worship Govinda, you also worship me. This deity is non-different than me. When you offer it food, you will see me eat it. When you offer me devotion and love, you will perceive my presence in this murti. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu named the murti Gaur Govinda. And Kashishwar Pandit took that little beautiful deity and he took it to Vrindavan and he placed it on the left side of Sri Govinda Dev. And whenever the separation from the Lord would become very acute, he would sing, he would dance, he would offer food for the Murti of Gaur Govinda and in this way he would become fully satisfied feeling the intimate, personal presence of the Lord. 
So the Lord reciprocates always with the love of his devotee. And the reciprocation of the Lord for his devotees is beyond the power of the material senses to comprehend. It can only be understood by one who has sacrificed his heart for the pleasure of the Lord. And of course, Krishna is explaining here ah, that this great mystery is very, very easy to understand for one who is willing to accept the position of bhakti. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, during his divine lila, he revealed to us the means of becoming such a pure devotee. What does that mean? To always humble oneself before Guru and the Vaishnavas, and in their divine association, to learn how to receive the supreme benediction for all humanity, the holy name of Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. When we chant the holy name of the Lord, according to the instructions of the great souls, and we chant the holy name of the Lord in the intimate association of the Vaishnavas, then Krishna takes our devotion very seriously. And through this process, Krishna personally from within the heart cleanses all unwanted qualities and awakens that pure devotion from within what is the means and the ways of the supreme realization of Bhagavan Sri Krishna. So let us take very seriously the example of these great souls. Let us not perform rituals for ritual's sake. Let us do everything we do, whether it is ornate, elaborate rituals, or whether it is simply dancing, chanting, or cooking some chapati. Whatever we do, let us do for one purpose and one purpose alone, to please Krishna, to please his devotees. However miserable our life may be on a material platform, we should never think selfishly. Just like Sanatan Goswami, it is explained, at one time he drank some bad water and he got terrible, terrible disease. He had horrible rashes all over his body which were oozing with pus and blood and they itched so unbearably that no human could withstand it. So he decided, what is the use of this body? I will commit suicide. I'll do it auspicious. During the Ratiyatra, while Mahaprabhu is dancing, I'll throw my body under the cart, and in this way I will die. And then maybe in my next birth, I might become a good devotee. 
And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his heart, could understand what he was thinking. And he said to Haridas Thakur and Sanatan, he said, just see, he said to Haridas, what a nonsense this man is. What a selfish person he is. If I want him to suffer this pain, he's so selfish. He wants to destroy the body that I have given him. Your body belongs to me. It does not belong to you. You have no right to do anything unless I sanction. Mahaprabhu classified Sanatan as a selfish thief for wanting to destroy the property of the Lord, whatever the condition was. Our body, our mind, our everything is Krishna's property and when we become his devotee, he does what's fit to purify it. And a devotee should be grateful to endure anything to receive that purification. And by doing that, he pleases the Lord. He is not concerned with pleasing himself. That is bhakti. And that natural condition of unmotivated, uninterrupted service is awakened through following in the footsteps of the great souls and chanting the holy names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare. Thank you very much.